0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello, listeners. How are you doing today? This episode is sponsored by Luke's English Podcast Premium. I just wanted to let you know that Premium 27 will be continuing soon, So check your app for new premium episodes on their way that will include more remedial grammar, vocabulary, and pronunciation practice. If you'd like to find out more about LEP Premium, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. So hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well today, wherever you are in the world and whatever you happen to be doing at this particular moment in time. Now you're listening to this podcast, um, that's for sure. So this is an episode with my brother, who you know, of course, although there may be some listeners who've never heard him before because he hasn't been on the podcast since July. I I think James might be one of the most frequent guests on this podcast. I haven't counted, but I expect it is the case. I think James has been on the podcast more than anyone else. But who knows? Amber and Paul have had a lot of episodes. My dad has had a lot. Who's the most frequent guest? I reckon it's James as he's been on since the early days. We like to talk usually about films, music, comedy, and pop culture in general, but this time I thought that we would have a bit of fun and just answer some funny and interesting questions one by one as part of a stupid conversation game, and we'll see what kind of language comes out of it. I won't say much more here, except that things might get a bit silly depending on the questions we get. But I hope that you enjoy this. There should be a transcript available in the app. Just tap the gift icon or on the website, which is available as a PDF to download. And there's a text video version of this on YouTube as well, with a nice transcript shown on the screen in a lovely large font. Splendid don't say I never do anything for you. So all of those things should be available for you too. I'll talk to you a bit at the other end of this conversation. But now here is a conversation with James about a great many things. So hello, James. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm uh, COVID negative. Negative. Is that like negative meaning bad or negative meaning good somehow?
0: Uh, well, it's good that I'm negative. I went for a test, probably a quite unreliable one because it's the quick one. But I went for a test this, this morning. Okay. Why did you go for a test? Just to be on the safe side because I was feeling a bit ill and I want to see... I would just like to know when they're doing asymptomatic testing. So you don't have to have symptoms and you can still get a quick test just to see if you should be mixing and going shopping or should be isolating as an asymptomatic
1: person. Right. But I'm, I don't have it, so should be all right for now. That's good. So how did they actually do the test? Because te- I've had had two tests now. Yeah. Um, every time I get ill, and it's been sort of several times, you know, I guess autumn, winter, and um, I have to go and get a test. And it's not very nice, is it?
0: Well, I don't know if they're standardized, which is not brilliant, because we over here, the one that I did, you do it yourself. How? They just give you a stick. They're standing behind a screen. They give you the swab, and they just give you instructions as to what to do, and you scrub your own tonsils and then stick it up your nose a couple of times. And it's not, not really. its not very standardized, so I don't know if it's a brilliant system, but I did it myself.
1: I'm surprised that people are doing it themselves. That's very surprising. It's
0: not very reassuring, is it?
1: No, it's not at all. Why is that happening?
0: That's just the way they've chosen to do it. Maybe it's safer so that the person remains on the other side of a screen and you're not actually in direct contact with anyone.
1: I've had two now, and in France they they have a long swab, like a long sort of uh, cotton bud, and they push it all the way into your nasal cavity in a, in a very specific way. It goes all the way in, all the way to the back of the nasal cavity, and that's where they get the swab from. Yeah, I know. So, no, it's your nose, know.
0: your throat, and your nose. Is it? But it's still kind of left to you to decide whether you've done it properly or not.
1: Mm, okay, so I suppose you gave it a good go.
0: I did, but, I mean, there was no one there to kind of check that I had. If you, I mean, the guy's there, but it's it's, it's through a small little window in a screen, I can't really tell how well you're doing it, I wouldn't have said.
1: You know what it reminds me of, or reminded me of, something very, very specific from our childhood, the the feeling of of doing it. Do you know what I'm talking about? When I used to put an Allen key up my nose? Yeah, you used to be able to put sort of objects like a a nail, an Allen key, a a plastic straw. Basically, a trick I saw on TV
0: where a guy appears to hammer a nail into his nose with, yes. a ha- with a hammer and i just thought how the hell do you do that and then i just thought it's not a trick it's clearly he's just doing it and he's yeah. he's making an effort with the hammer to make it look like he's you know really ramming at home but he's just gently tapping it in and I-, I did it with an allen key and it went all the way down yeah. <laughs> but luckily because it's an l shape the l was kind of like stopping it fall all the way in if you know what i mean yeah yeah. But I so could the, the, do that as a trick, couldn't
1: I? The, yeah, you, you used to be able to put a nail all the way into your nose as a trick. And yeah, Disgusting. it's just going into your nasal cavity. I remember trying it as well. It's like a really horrible, tickly feeling when it goes into your nasal cavities. Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. But yes, COVID negative. That's, yes, that's, I guess, the only time when a negative is positive, which kind of makes me think of Alan Partridge. You know, that was a negative, And right now I need two positives one one to cancel out the negative and the other one just so I can have a positive but but in this case negatives are are good what's the scene there in what's the, what is the scene there in in London at the moment what's Favourite it like
0: one of desolation no it was just a f- quite depressing scene outside a Lido which is like an open air swimming pool but which is closed and it was just like the worst festival ever it was like you know like tape leading you along sort of a gangway thing across, over some mud and kind of big tent. I mean, it was fairly well organised, to be fair, and you know the people were quite helpful. But it was a bit depressing. But it was fine, basically. It it worked. It, you know, the system seemed to be working.
1: And in, I mean, in in general, though, in London, because apparently COVID is kind of rampant. Yeah, it's
0: it's very high, like, very high here. Well, a lot of people are just going about their normal business. Unfortunately, from from what I can tell, I don't know, but. There doesn't really seem to be any enforcement of any rules that I've seen. So people are generally doing a lot of people going about their work, you know, and the the roads are quite busy compared to how it was in March, where everyone kind of took it quite seriously. Unfortunately, yes. I think people are well, they're either getting a bit sick of it or they're just having to earn a living. Right. I don't know, but it seems a lot busier than I'd expect.
1: Yeah, it's often very busy around here too. It's weird, isn't it? It's like it hasn't gone, aw- hasn't gone away, and, pe- and you know people are just like, nah, can we just go back to normal?" Now yeah,
0: it's much worse at the moment than it was ever was in March. Yes. Oh dear, what a weird time! And all the hospitals are, you know, very overstretched now, and you know, a lot of non-COVID stuff has been cancelled. It's it's pretty pretty bad situation. Yeah, but let's talk about something a bit more cheerful. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't we could not not talk about this, I suppose. It's kind of quite present in everyone's lives obligatory
1: at the moment. COVID, a, obligatory COVID chat. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Did you listen to episode 700 of I, my podcast? I did. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was revealing
0: and quite emotional in places. And gave me quite an insight into what was going on in your head.
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: what's it? Okay. Well, the stuff um, about you failing your A-levels was quite traumatic. I mean, I knew yeah. you'd got bad results, but everyone forgets that you got two U's. Yes, I mean, how you manage that, I don't know what you did with that paper. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't actually, be it wouldn't be down to the standard of the essay. You would have had to do something terminally wrong, like put your na- the wrong name down, or put the number in the wrong place, or something that made the the paper void and I think un, that's un, it. Unmarkable, Because no one gets a U for like you know, you get more than that just for writing in a straight line, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm weirdly proud of my terrible results. If you're going to fail, you might as well fail properly. Yeah, but you you know? turned it
0: around, you did retakes. and I
1: did. I, I, I failed to mention that in the episode that after having got those terrible results, I then went to another sixth form college in another place. And I did two brand new A-levels in a year, which is like working sort of, I guess, 50% harder than normal. I got Uh, I did two new A-levels, psychology and sociology, and I did okay, and I got the results I needed. I I didn't do wonderfully, but I did enough. I got a B and a D, so that gave me a B and two Ds. That's pretty good. It's all right. In terms of the options I had ahead of me then, it was only a few universities that were offering the sort of course that I wanted, and I was interested in something like sociology, something like media, something like cultural studies. And it was, I think, between Sheffield Hallam University in Sheffield and Liverpool John Moores University in Liverpool. And I went for Liverpool, partly because of the Beatles, maybe, also partly because of the course. It was a pretty cool course. And uh, a rough yeah.
0: town, though, to be a little soft, little student oh, from Solihull.
1: Yeah, it's hilariously rough. But I mean, I said it was like with Nell and I, I didn't include the fact that it was also a great deal of fun. And. We lived in a big crazy house full of, you know, stupid students and some of the people I lived with were extremely funny. Yeah. And a good time was had by all, but it was also a horrible time. So there you go. Okay, well I'm glad you enjoyed um, episode seven. Yeah, it made
0: me think mine because I listened back to mine because I hadn't listened to it in Yonks and it's yeah. a bit more flippant than yours, a bit less serious and less
1: kind of revealing. Yeah, you didn't take yours so seriously. No, but yours was I, good. I thought Ollie was brilliant. That's right. He just kind of let me answer the questions. Yeah, he just, he, really? he wasn't
0: trying to be funny like me. I would have been sort of like chipping in and being annoying, but he's just well, I, quite, quite, you know, respectful of your your
1: space. I have to say, I don't know if you remember, we did try to record Marind with my music with you hosting it. Do you remember this? You probably don't. Do you?
0: Did it end in disaster?
1: And it, I cancelled it halfway through because it just wasn't working. Because basically, you it, it just became a big discussion show about music, and you kept saying loads of stuff about the music choices, and then talking about other music.
0: Yeah, wasn't. I, I wouldn't be the right host for that.
1: <laughs> um, you could do another one if you want. If you wanted to kind of get serious and do a, do another one a bit you, soon, a bit soon
0: after the last one, I think. I think wait, wait for another twenty years, like. So, who, who's had two in, in, in the real version? Sorry? Who's had two in the real version? Oh, lots of people have had two uh, in, in but, Desert
1: Island discs. Yeah, but
0: are they not oh, like normally 20 years apart or something?
1: I bet someone's been on it like four times. Okay, I'm trying to find out. Bear with me. You heard the Michael I'm, Kane Desert Island discs? Michael Kane. So, if I was to be sent to a Desert Island. All his music
0: is basically what he describes as chill music. <laughs> and like Kirsty Young's like, chill music? Isn't that for people like, you know, coming down from drugs after they've been clubbing? And he's like, no, no, none of that. But it's just chill music, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, it's hilarious. It's like his girlfriend or his wife has said, now you like chill out music, remember that. You know, list these these groups, because otherwise you're gonna seem really old fashioned and fuddy duddy.
1: I've been getting very into chill music. So just chill out. I've been getting very into chill music.
0: <laughs> Every it's, it's very so, funny. It's very funny, and all all his choices are like off head
1: candy. Chill out, Volume Two, or something. <laughs> chill music. It is like the 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 genre of the music shop miscellaneous section, isn't it? And there's a million little chill out CDs. Yeah, Head Candy, Best of Chill Out, Volume 3, or something. <laughs> yeah, that is on, my
0: favourite CD.
1: What tracks would would be on that? Like, featuring that Nightmares on Wax track that was in those adverts. Yeah, lemon Jelly, probably Air, come on. I expect so. I can't find, sorry, I can't find the statistics for... Guests on Desert Island Discs. I'm not coming up with anything, but I'm sure some people have been on it a few times. So you could come back on it if you wanted to. Okay, Okay. all right, cheers. But shall we move on to this episode and what this is all about? Uh, Yeah, okay. So I've got a book here which I don't remember when I got this. I think I bought it on Richard Herring's website. But the book I've got is Emergency Questions by Richard Herring. Do you do you own this book as well?
0: I don't actually know, but okay. I'm well aware of it and I've uh, been meaning to get it, but no.
1: What is this sort of pop cultural phenomenon then? What is Emergency Questions by Richard Herring? Richard
0: Herring is a stand up comedian and podcaster, more known for his podcasting probably these days. He used to be part of a double act, one half of what were they called? Fist of Fun with uh, Stuart um, Lee. And he's carved out a niche as a sort of a very early adopter of podcasting. And he's very popular online. And he also podcasts live from Leicester Square Theatre, well, when such things were possible. And I've been to see his podcast a few times. And he has good guests on. I saw him with Limmy, who you've probably mentioned on this podcast before, haven't you? I did did two episodes about Limmy. And I think I saw one with Alexi Sale. Who's a sort of supposedly the inventor of alternative comedy, or some people say he was one of the four at the forefront
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the eighties, and he was good, and some others who I can't remember.
1: What actually happens in an episode of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast or Rahelastapa? Rahelister
0: call- <laughs> You have to, you have to do that. Sorry. Sorry to cut you. I off.
1: say Rahelister, you have to go Rahelastapa.
0: Like Jack.
1: Yeah, yeah, this call and response kind of thing with the audience. So what happens in the average episode of Rahelistapa?
0: Basically, it's an on stage interview in a sort of medium-sized theatre with an audience. And it's just recorded and it's just him chatting with other comedians. And that's about it, really. Quite a simple formula, but it but it works. And I think you get two, two per per night. So on a night, you know, if you go down there and see it live, you normally get two
1: guests i see so what about the emergency questions i believe these are for when he kind of
0: ran out of sort of other questions or there was a sort of lull in the interview and he started to you know wonder what he was going to ask next he had a list of emergency questions which he would pull out to save a kind of floundering interview Mm -hmm. and he put them into a book. Oh, two books. There's a Christmas one as well, isn't there?
1: Yeah, exactly. So when he's stuck, when he's stuck and he hasn't got another question, he will go go into his list of emergency questions. And there are some emergency questions which he always asks, and they've become infamous because they are not only completely ridiculous, but also quite rude as well, quite explicit in their own way. Like, what's the most famous one? You're not going to ask me that one, are you? No, okay, I won't. But have you?
0: Uh, Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) but no we're not going to yeah don't ask me
1: that i won't actually ask you that question but it's interesting to know that you have uh but i won't be asking the question but i have what i have done is made a selection so actually let me just read out this introduction that i've got here so oh yeah so the point of emergency questions on the show then is just to give richard a chance to you know ask something random when he's run out of other other ideas what are the good and bad ways to answer emergency questions in an episode of Rahulastapa? Rahulastapa. I then,
0: think, well, the, I think the idea is just to be funny, basically, rather than strictly accurate. I think just to, it's a good opportunity for these, you know, experienced comedians to think on their toes and come up with something funny on
1: the spot. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you an, an an inexperienced, relatively inexperienced comedian. Non-comedian. Non-comedian. To- to do exactly, well, I have had not- a few letters published in Viz. You have had some letters published in Viz, and you did a few bits of stand-up. So yeah. I don't know, maybe you are a comedian. Mm. So anyway, so I, I've made a selection from the 500 questions in the book, a selection of questions which I think could form the basis of a reasonable conversation that should provide my listeners with some entertaining and fun listening practice on my podcast. That's the idea. So there are about uh, 30 questions. I've narrowed it down quite a lot from 500. These uh, are often quite silly questions designed to get the conversation going and to reveal funny or interesting details or anecdotes. So listeners, this conversation could be quite serious potentially discussing ideas which affect all of us, or it could be completely ridiculous, especially looking at everyday situations in minute detail or exploring hypothetical situations. It all depends on the questions which come up. If you like listeners, you can check the question list on the page for this episode and have your own ridiculous conversations. Why not listen to my brother's answers? See if you can pick up some specific phrases he uses and then answer the questions yourself and try to use the phrases too. That could be a really useful way to use this episode. Don't forget too that you'll find a text video for this on YouTube with the whole transcript presented to you beautifully in a nice big font. So you can read and listen at the same time, if you like. But now, James, are you ready for some emergency questions? I think so. Okay, then. So I've got 33, and the tried and tested method for doing this is that you just give me a number between 1 and 33, and I'll ask you that question, and then we'll just, you know, see what happens. Okay, seven. Seven, okay. Seven is, have you ever seen a ghost? No,
0: because there's no such thing as ghosts. Really, that's it? Not, not uh, even have I ever seen a ghost? Have I? Ever th- it's always just your coat over the back of a chair, isn't it? Is it? Or, you know, a sheet hanging up in the in the window or something like that. So
1: What, you've, you've had that where you've... you've I've seen, I've seen
0: a barn owl fly through the, the night sky, and that was quite spooky. That was very ghost-like, but it wasn't a ghost. It was a barn owl.
1: Okay. All right, so the answer to that question is no. Oh, there you go. In- listeners, that was interesting, wasn't it? Let's move on to another one then. Another number, please. 13. 13. If you could get a law named after you, what would it be? So, Thompson's law. Thompson's law, or James Thompson's law, or the James Thompson law. Hmm. Or, the, or James's law, something oh, like boy. that.
0: That's That would sort of indicate that I died in some sort of horrible, neglectful incident.
1: Not necessarily. I mean, normally, yeah.
0: like James's law, that's after our, you know, James passed away due to preventable incident what kind of law would i like this is tough it's a good question it's a good question
1: i can skip it if you want we can just come back to it another time just remember number 13 is the law one give me another number 12 12 if you could communicate with one animal which animal would you communicate with, and what would you ask it? So this is specifically one animal, not just one type of animal. Just but one, one one animal. Specific animal. Which, which animal would you communicate with, what would you ask it?
0: I don't know that many animals. Can I just, like, say, fly to Africa and find an animal and say this one? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't need to know it personally already. No. <laughs> I'd like to find a really old like a, maybe a blue whale or an elephant or something that lives for a very long time and just mm-hmm. ask it, you know, what's it all about? You know, what's, what's, you yeah, know, come on, what insights have you got? I think that's a bit vague, isn't it? It's not a specific question, no, but. I'd
1: love it if you asked a blue whale, oh, so what was it like here, you know, <laughs> 70 years ago when you were a young whale? It was just the same, wet, blue. Yeah,
0: there'd be a lot more pollution now, but we know that already. I don't know. I'd just like to speak to a very old creature and say, you know, what wisdom of you. Accumulated in your years, oh wise, wise elephant. And it would probably just go, I don't know. The
1: elephant would probably be like, just keep away from people. Yeah, people are bastards. Next question. Three. Have you ever demolished a wall or building? Did we like ever break down a shed or something?
0: As children, uh, I seem to remember kicking something in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I don't think I have. Not, No, I haven't. I haven't just demolished a building or even a wall, I don't think. I've probably demolished a few, I mean damaged a few walls skateboarding. But just very superficial damage, just a few chips of paint or something.
1: I demolished a, a wooden fence once with my friend Robert when I was, I must have been about four. I feel like it was preschool. But I, I was very, what's the word for it, I, impressionable and robert would always just sort of name things that we were going to do and i didn't really know even know what it was we were doing i was just following instructions officer but he suddenly said to me hey come round here and look at this this is really cool the so- wood was all the wood was all dry yeah and if you kicked it it would just splinter and break in a really satisfying way so the two of us just completely demolished this wooden fence and didn't really know that we were doing something wrong i think didn't occur to me until and do you know this feeling when you're a kid and you're doing something wrong but you don't really realize it's wrong until you see the reaction of one of your parents and then it all kind of, it sort of dawns on you that you're doing something really bad yeah and then you get all upset so it was exactly that feeling and then I kind of realized oh my god yeah what am I doing and just just gleefully smashing this fence to pieces i must have been about 3 or 4 years old but uh, yes always remember that now vandal it was fun though it was a great deal of fun
0: yeah
1: right do you want another question yeah 22 please 22 what is your favorite keyboard shortcut undo undo which is what command Z.
0: yeah i think it's command z i think is i can't never remember what they actually are my hand just does them automatically Right, you know what I mean. Like if someone says, "What's I come have to think about it," and I'm not quite sure, but if I'm at the keyboard, it just does it, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if only there was an undo button for life, hey. Eh? <laughs>
1: but no one's ever made that
0: joke before.
1: It would be useful, wouldn't it, if we had an undo button in in real life? Wow, incredibly original content. I actually genuinely find that if I've spent the day on my computer working. And then I am just get up from my computer and go around the flat to look for something, like I'm trying to find my keys. I actually, my mind does go to that spotlight search function yeah. in the computer yeah. where you can type the thing and it searches your entire computer for it. So literally my brain is kind of wants to do a spotlight search for my keys. How long do you think it will be before we actually are able to do that? Just like, hey, Siri, help me find my keys. Well, you could do it now
0: if you had a chip on on your keyboard
1: <laughs> if you had it yeah, but I mean, what about if you just you know you're just looking for any of your objects if there's right. a, a thing like a little camera that scans your room and accounts for every single object that you have in that room and then works out where they all are and logs them in an inventory and then you just literally tap the the item you want to find and it a little yellow arrow appears on your phone and guides you to it
0: great idea, go for it
1: i quite often command,
0: command F or is it command or? C- to to command find. F. Command I could F. do that with my uh, record collection because they're not in alphabetical order or any kind of order really. So uh, that would be handy.
1: Oh, command F is wonderful, isn't it? Especially in my job because I'm there looking through documents, looking for keywords and things. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Command F is perfect. If there's a certain phrase and I want to try and find it somewhere. Oh, it's good. Plus you can you can sort of impress people with Command F. In in my Zoom English lessons, I'll be on a PDF and I'll do I think you mean this expression, Command F type and ping. You go straight to that word in the document and there's always someone who goes, Wow.
0: Highlighted in yellow.
1: Yeah. Oh, the joys of yellow highlighting. (laughs) Another question. question. Uh, Actually, what's your favorite what's your favourite highlighter colour? Yellow, green, uh, or or orange? Neon yellow. Me too.
0: Yeah, it's the best color in the world, actually, in the whole spectrum. It's not even on the spectrum, and it's the best color on the spectrum.
1: You know, the best thing is that a certain time of day when the sun is low in the sky and yellow um, highlighter pen really glows in a really sort of space-age way.
0: Yeah, it's great. That's good, isn't it? You can get woolly hats in that colour. I don't think I'd go that far, but it'd be good for for cycling.
1: Yes. We used to have socks that were fluorescent yellow, fluorescent green, fluorescent orange. They were very cool in the eighties.
0: Very hip in the eighties, yeah. And you would you wear different ones, you know, one green and one pink, you know, and you'd just be completely far out, you know, just like mine oh. mines were being blown everywhere you walked.
1: A pair of stonewashed jeans. <laughs> trainers and then maybe like a global hyper t-shirt or was that a bit later
0: we didn't have any global hypercolor t-shirts if they weren't available from cna we didn't have them
1: those t-shirts were sort of a really bad idea in a way because they would change color depending on the heat right yeah so the hotter it got they you know they went more yellowy and as they got colder they went more blue or something but of course if you sweat and you're wearing a global hypercolor t shirt, the sweaty bits are going to change color. So basically, it's just just people walking around with big sweat patches or Psych-
0: think, psychedelic uh,
1: sweat. Yeah, that's right. Okay, another question 33. Please. 33. Would you rather have the attributes of a radiator or a fridge freezer? So, would you be, uh, I guess, a radiator is it radiates heat, a fridge freezer keeps things cold inside. Would you rather have the attributes of the radiator or the fridge freezer? Would you like would you rather be like a radiator or like a fridge freezer?
0: You just said that three times.
1: I know, because I just thought the question would would you rather have the attributes of a radiator or fridge freezer? I thought that's gonna be difficult for people to understand. So I will say it three times.
0: Okay. Well the Four fridge times. freezer the fridge freezer bit. I'd have to keep things inside me then, right? So like you just keep your, your bacon in me and your butter and stuff. Uh-huh. So, no, don't fancy that. Sounds horrible. And I'd be cold all the time internally. Yeah. So I'd rather be a radiator. And I think you'd probably, you know, be more of a hit with the, the ladies.
1: Ladies? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're a radiator than if you're a fridge-freezer. Yeah. Because you're all
1: warm and... Yeah. Keep, like keep and you warm.
0: you're basically, you, you. I don't know how this works, but you're just going to be radiating heat but with a fridge freezer something has to go into you and come out again and <laughs> i don't like that idea
1: I just, like i like the way you're edging towards radiator because then w- women will like you but not a freezer because then something's going to go into you like what well you'd be cold
0: and people would keep their fish fingers in you where's where's the positive from that you know where's the benefit
1: i just thought it was getting weirdly sexual there no that's in your head oh
0: sorry. Oh, the fridge freezer, it's, it just doesn't sound practical or nice.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, does it? Or or pleasant. You, you, maybe even if you weren't full of food, you'd just be empty and cold.
0: Yeah, and like rattling.
1: Yeah, cold-hearted.
0: Sick people stick magnets on you and shopping lists, and it'd just be degrading.
1: Okay, I'm glad we sorted that out. Another yeah. question. Five? Have you ever flown a kite, and how did it go? Have you ever flown a kite?
0: Yes, I have. Our dad used to take us to, we sort of went through a kite phase, I think, and we got a couple of kites. We got a kind of more traditional one with a frame, mm-hmm. which was quite tough to to work, to use. Yeah, uh, But on a, on a very windy day, it would be brilliant, and it would fly really high and just stay there. Yes. You know, quite exciting when you're on a big beach or something as a kid. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing, I think. And you had that kind of little, just a stickless kite that was just kind of looked a bit looked a bit like a, a sort of praying. No, what are they call those things that live underwater, <laughs> live in the sea. What about yeah. fish? Yeah. They're a manta. It looks a bit like a manta ray. Manta ray. Right. But it would just hang in the sky, and it would it would just inflate instantly the minute you chucked it in the air, and just stay there, wouldn't it? It was. Really yeah. good. And we did have right. stunt stunt kites as well, didn't we, with uh double strings. And I, I so. could I could do loop the loops and stuff or barrel rolls, whatever they are. Yeah. So yes.
1: You have, yes. And it sounds like it went really, really well. That kite I used to have, yeah, with no uh sticks in it, it was like a folder foldable kite. To be honest, it was a bit like a a blue carrier bag, plastic carrier bag.
0: Yeah, essentially it was. It. Yeah. And
1: just like flying a big plastic bag in the sky is kind of what it was like it
0: didn't have such a challenging elements to the to the no
1: but it was well designed it had these little air pockets that would inflate that allowed it to hang in the sky it was a bit like a parachute or something yeah quite, quite cute but basically like a plastic bag like oh, what <laughs> nice nice plastic bag you got there in the sky
0: yeah nice one you get that from you know like the local cost cutter
1: okay n- another question please eight please <clears throat> Have you ever tried sushi? Yes. And?
0: Uh, I, I like sushi a lot. I haven't had it for quite a long time now, but I love eel nigiri. Mm. My favorite sushi. I like a California roll. I know they're a bit frowned upon by the sort of hardcore sushi community, <laughs> but oh, right. uh, I don't mind a California roll. I like, I like all of it really. I like sashimi. I like wasabi. I mean, obviously, you don't always get as good sushi as here as you do in Japan, but you can still find good places. There's a place okay. in Leicester Square, which is quite good, or near near Leicester Square, near the Prince Charles Cinema. And there's a place in Stockwell or near Kennington, which is quite good. So, yeah, I love... Oh, you're making me hungry now. Mm-hmm. I'd love some sushi.
1: Okay, maybe you can get yourself a little... I was going to say a little cheeky takeaway. Don't why say, do we use the don't word? not
0: say cheeky. Why we do don't. People, why,
1: do say, why do people say cheeky like that?
0: Only, only certain people say that. Like people from Essex, basically, say cheeky. I go for a cheeky Nando's?
1: Going for a cheeky Nando's or having a cheeky pint. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Okay.
0: Just don't do it. You find it annoying. I don't like the word cheeky in that context.
1: But what's the purpose of it, though?
0: It's just saying it's a bit naughty, is it? You know, it's not supposed to break the diet, but let's have a cheeky Nando's. Right. Okay. That so, sounded quite snobby probably, but, you know, what can you do? I can't help my feelings.
1: You're okay. Another, another one? Oh, that was a...
0: Something, something oh, right, Im- ominous.
1: Did you hear something go ping? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's uh, WhatsApp on my computer, but cause I'm recording in a different way at the moment. I can't stop it. I can't bloody shut it up. So I'm sorry if it goes if it goes ping. Anyway, okay. another question please. One, please. Question number 1. Are you ever mistaken for a celebrity? Who? Are you ever mistaken for anyone else? Does anyone ever say that you look like a celebrity?
0: People say I look like that bloke from a program that I've never watched. You'll know the one I mean. He's got a lot more hair than me. It's a comedy program.
1: Oh. Oh, uh you look like the guy from it's not Gray's Anatomy. It's um so is, uh, is it a medical program or something? Yeah, yeah. What, what do medical people wear, like nurses and stuff? They wear Scrubs. Scrubs, that's it. It's, it's that's
0: that's the one the guy from that people say I look like him, and I just like what?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look fuck like him. I think his name is Ah, oh, damn. Right, I've got to find out his name. Bear with me, everybody. Zach Braff, right, right, yeah, yeah. That you went through a period of looking like Zach Braff from Scrubs when I had more hair. <laughs> I don't think it's true. Anymore. I don't think it's more hair. It, yeah. I, I don't
0: think it's a terrible insult or anything. He's not, you know, unattractive. He's just don't, don't think. I just right. don't. Yeah. Just don't think I look like him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you
0: think I do? Maybe
1: a little bit. I can see it if he was bald. If he was bald, it would be a different story. But I can see it totally. When you go to Japan, you you get told by people that you look like other people. So, you know, Ollie, our cousin, Mm. what some Japanese people told him, you know, who do they, who do you think they thought he looked like? Rutger Hauer?
0: No. The guy that did Facebook? He doesn't look like him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yuck. What's his name? Facebook guy? I don't know, the one with the scary eyes. can't remember his name, the one with the lifeless reptilian eyes. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> no, that's not he doesn't fair. Look like him, he not like him at all. He, Ollie looks more like uh, James Bond, Daniel Craig. Oh, yeah,
0: he definitely does, yeah.
1: But anyway, no, in Japan, they thought he looked like, um, oh, flipping, Dances with Wolves. What was his name? <laughs> Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. So, Kevin Costner this. no. Yeah, they thought he looked like Kevin Costner. I, think I know. He, looks I like think he could
0: either. be a sort of German baddie oh, from a Die Hard Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened there? What, what happened? I right, just went mega muffled, but it's okay. okay. What were you going to say? I think he looks like a kind of uh, German baddie from a Die Hard film or something like that.
1: Yeah, it looks like a bad guy from a Die Hard sequel.
0: Yeah, maybe. And he's kind of quite well built. So he looks like he could be a bodyguard or a sort of higher echelon gangster or something
1: generic sort of eastern european taekwondo hard man yeah (laughs) he's he's really good at taekwondo (laughs) and he's he's got bleached blonde hair for no reason yeah yeah i know the kind of thing okay fine (laughs)
0: don't think i've been told i look like anyone else
1: yeah i think that that's the guy what was his name zach braff or something from scrubs yeah definitely (laughs) that's you in another life Okay. Another question, please. Another number.
0: I'm running. I've forgotten which ones I've chosen. So I'll just say two. Two.
1: Two is this. Have you ever been in a canoe? Yes. All right. Do you care to tell us about it?
0: I've been canoeing a few times. I think we did. I think both of us did canoe lessons as kids at the local swimming pool for a while.
1: We did. Yeah, we used to go and do canoeing classes. Um, And I
0: was brilliant in the swimming pool. I could do Eskimo rolls. I could, you know, I had it nailed. As soon as I went out into real water, panic mode, you know, just like capsizing, bailing out, flapping around, just useless. But I was good in the pool. I can canoe, but I haven't done it in a very long time.
1: Isn't it funny how if you say, can you canoe, it sounds like you're saying the same thing twice. Isn't that hilarious?
0: Can you, can you?
1: Can you canoe? Can you canoe? Is it? I just thought of that now. It's not like an established thing <laughs> that people share on the internet. Have you noticed like memes? Have you noticed if no. can you a canoe? It's like can't, can't see it. that
0: one taking off.
1: It's not taking off is it? I'm going to ask you another question number 10. Have you got what it takes to be a spy?
0: Probably not. Cuz I think spy I don't know I could maybe I could be Michael Caine in uh, the Ipress File.
1: Yeah, because Michael Caine in the Ipcress File does. It, I mean, how much spy stuff does he actually do? He doesn't do a lot.
0: He well, he does do a bit in the middle, but he basically just swans around looking like a bit of a mod, making coffee, cooking dinner, listening to classical music. You know, having it off with. Various people. Well, one person.
1: Does he have any lines in it, like classic lines?
0: He's just very dry and very sort of cool, and he's kind of like the opposite of Bond. You know, he's like working class, and he's kind of not on a huge wage. You know, he lives in a small apartment, and he's a bit of a smart ass. And it's a good film. I like the Oppressed File. Gets a little bit silly right towards the end, but good film. Yeah, nice to see London. London of in the sixties looks, you know, just like a different world.
1: There was no one there at all it was empty
0: but i reckon i could pull that off i'm quite good at grinding coffee beans delivering dry one-liners yes and i quite like when they go to the spy headquarters it's like a recruitment agency with a sort of old deer behind the counter smoking and going up yeah. up third floor deer third, sitting on the left and then it's actually the spy headquarters but it looks like a kind of run down employment agency
1: mm-hmm. it's quite cool cool film cool film man so, basically, you'd like to be Michael Caine in the Ipcris file. So <laughs> uh,
0: not, not doing any real spying, just doing the kind of poncing around.
1: Walking around saying, no, you might not know, but I am a spy. No. Because, no, and no. His, his
0: boss meets him in the supermarket and goes, I'm not keen on this American form of shopping, but I suppose we must move with the times. <laughs> he goes, you're paying 9p too much for your mushrooms. And he goes, no, these do have a better flavour, sir. <laughs> I'll leave you with your champignon, shall I? Very good, sir. I could do all that kind of stuff. No probs.
1: Excuse me. We've got to do one more question, James, and then I have to go and pick up my daughter. Okay. Let's say 15. 15. You're supposed to say it with me.
0: 15.
1: You said, let's say 15. Oh, God. Okay. So the question is, if you could jump into a pool of something... What would you jump into? Mm. It could be a pool of anything. Normally, obviously, it's a pool of water, a swimming pool.
0: Tell what, it wouldn't be custard. Sorry, what? It wouldn't be custard, I'll tell you that Why? much. Why not? Because I think it would be horrible, and I think there'd be quite high viscosity of the surface, and you'd probably just sit there, splat, and stay on the surface, and maybe drown slowly. You,
1: you might drown in custard because it's so viscous that it would pull you under, because ultimately you would sink.
0: Yeah it'd be very thick and heavy what would i like to jump into pull of?
1: sort of like lukewarm water uh, i hate that phrase
0: <laughs> okay nice, nice warm warm water then
1: lukewarm is maybe my least favorite word or phrase in the english language
0: it's because it's got your name in it and it's, it makes you feel a bit creepy and icky
1: because the word is is generally negative isn't it Yeah, I mean, sure, if you're describing the temperature of water, it's that kind of water which is maybe just above body temperature. No, just above room temperature,
0: I mean. Yeah, basically, like a bath that you've forgotten about and has gone cold, but it's still got some residual heat. So it's kind of like when you put your finger in, it's almost like you can't feel there's any water there because it's such...
1: yeah. It's, it's like only slightly, slightly
0: above room temperature so that cancels out the kind of chill effect of the water. So it feels yeah, like it's, it's not really there. But you wouldn't want to lie in a bath full of lukewarm water. And oh, similarly... And it wouldn't be refreshing be... and it wouldn't be warming. It would just be yeah. creepy.
1: Yeah. And similarly, you wouldn't want to get a lukewarm response to something you've done.
0: Definitely so not. So
1: if you, if, you, if you launched a new album and it got a lukewarm response from the, from the audiences... That's bad, isn't it? Because a lukewarm response is that kind of like, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, well done. Ugh, a lukewarm response. Oh, wait, you would choose to jump into a, a pool of lukewarm no,
0: water. I just said lukewarm water because it's a funny phrase, but maybe nice, cool, cool water on a, on a hot day. That was what I'd choose to jump into rather than anything mad. Tempting to jump into a pool of, you know, Chateau Margot, you know, claret. Yeah. But it would just be a waste. It'd just be such a waste. Yes, so I'd rather just have it all bottled and drink it slowly, rather than dive into. You know, I'm not. I'm not that keen.
1: It's about jumping into a pool of something. So,
0: well, I'm not going to do. It. I'm not going to waste all that Margot. So no, just water. Okay, all
1: well, right. Well, on that underwhelming bombshell, <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of this session of emergency questions. There are more which we could come back to another, at another time. But yeah. what do you think? Do you think that the listeners have have been entertained by this?
0: I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes because sometimes you think it's funny and then you listen back to it and it's crap and vice versa. What was question thirteen? The the law, James's law.
1: Yeah, that's right. If you could get a law named after you, what would it be?
0: Maybe legalized skateboarding worldwide, so you couldn't be prosecuted for skateboarding anywhere. Just because it's a green form of transport, we should be encouraging foot power rather than motor power, and I think it would of a great benefit if more people chose non-motored transport Okay, but that would be my argument anyway, I mean it's not really the reason I just want to be able to skate everywhere but yeah there we go, that'll do what was that thing you used to say about skateboarding why are they always in a rush and when they get there they turn around and do it again
1: yeah, so you say it's a mode of transport if that's the case, why do they just keep jumping down the same flight of stairs over and over again that's no way to get from A to B <laughs>
0: yeah i agree
1: okay well james it's been fun talking to you all right and let's talk again on the podcast at some point we could do this or we could we could cover something maybe with a bit more substance to it we can see all right have a good afternoon say hello to your wife and daughter i will i will and that you have a lovely pleasant friday evening all right cheers okay mate cheers Nice one. bye 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 Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. That was my brother and me in conversation. It's always enjoyable to talk to James and just ramble about anything, but I reckon next time we will do something specific like maybe a British film or music or something like that. In any case, I will repeat now what I said before about the idea of using those questions for your own conversations. If you have speaking partners, conversation groups, either in the real world or online, and you need questions, then I find that Silly, light-hearted stuff like that tends to work very well as a way to generate fun conversations which are good for practising your English. You'll find the question list on the episode page on my website. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a comment to let me know what you think about the text video format I've been doing recently with the text printed on the screen as you listen. What do you think of that? Let me know in the comments section. One commenter somewhere assumed that I was transcribing my episodes now, in advance of recording. Well, I can assure you that that isn't happening, except in some cases when I'm reading out a specific introduction or ending to an episode that I have written in advance. But for the most part, my episodes and conversations are unscripted, and the transcripts are being created by software and me after the recording. Anyway, there are text videos... Let me know what you think of them by leaving a comment in the comments section. So one other thing, well, actually several other things before we finish. I mentioned recently in a recent episode, one of the brave 85 Lepsters who didn't make it to the next round of the Wispolep Lep competition. There was Keiko, who you might remember. She did a survey to work out if people could identify my face based on listening to my voice. Well, I'd like to read out an email that she sent to me with the results of that survey. In fact, I'm going to play to you a recording I made the other day in which I read out Keiko's email. This is a recording I put up on YouTube. So I'm going to play that for you now. If it lets me, is it going to let me do it? I've got the spinning wheel of death. You know, when your computer's kind of going, uh, I've got the spinning wheel. I'm going to refresh that page and then listen to Keiko's email. Here we go podcast. This is Keiko from right. All right, hold on a minute. Let me skip back. Here we go. Hello, listeners. In this recording, I'm going to read out an email I got from a Lepster called Keiko, who was a competitor in the Whisperlep competition. Keiko spoke about a survey she conducted with over 300 participants to work out if people could identify my face by listening to my voice. I asked Keiko to tell us what happened and thankfully she wrote me an email with all the details. So now I'm going to read out Keiko's email. I hope that you find it interesting. So here we go. Hello, Luke. Thank you very much for the wonderful podcast. This is Keiko from Japan. I applied for the Wispolep competition. In my recording, I talked about a survey to find out if people could tell your appearance by listening to your voice. I'd like to tell you the details and results of the survey in this email. As I mentioned in my recording, I let people listen to your podcast for a couple of minutes, showed them photos of five handsome men, then let them guess who was actually talking on the podcast. It was a sort of who is the real Luke quiz. First, I would like to tell you about the five handsome men in the photos. The first was, of course, yours, Luke. You are handsome in every way. (laughs) Uh, Your appearance, as well as your warm and fun personality. And this survey would have been nonsense if I hadn't used your photo. Very nice, thank you. Then comes Paul Taylor. He is a joyful and funny, handsome man, and well-known to Lepster's. I couldn't miss having David Crystal's photo. He is a handsome man with intelligence and elegance which he cannot hide. He's also well known and highly respected amongst Lepsters. For the next one, I used a photo of Tim Mish. You may already know his name or music, but let me introduce him just in case. He's a British musician. His music, guitar, voice, and appearance are all great. Yes, I am a big fan of his, and I listen to him just for my own personal reasons. The last photo is of the actor Gerard Butler. I used his photo because I guessed you would look like him when I first listened to your podcast. Yes, I imagined you as an older and bigger man, as many of your listeners have also imagined. For this survey, 303 people participated. This number is far more than I thought I could have had. It's hugely thanks to my son's English teacher, Mr. Reed, who conducted the survey in 10 classrooms he teaches. So most of those who answered were high school students. Mr. Reed said that some of them knew your podcast, but not your appearance. So the survey was conducted fairly, I would say. Here are the results 155 people, 51%, said it was you talking about half of them thought it was you, but the rest thought it was not you. Okay, so 50, 51%. That does count as a majority. I don't know if there's a specific restriction on what can be considered a majority, but I I think that's a majority of people. Next was 59 people, that's 19% said it was Paul. And Keiko says, my sister thought it was Paul talking, by the way. 46 people, that's 15%, said it was David Crystal. This number is higher than I expected. Five people, that's 2%, said it was Tom Mish. He is the youngest among five handsome men. Maybe that's the reason he didn't have many votes. Yeah, it must be difficult if you are the youngest among five handsome men, because you'd be thinking, I am handsome, I'm a handsome man, and these guys are handsome men too, but... I'm younger than them, so what chance do I have? It's probably what he was thinking. Uh, And then 38 people, that's 13%, said it was Gerard Butler. Some of the people must have known him and his name, so the number is lower, I suppose. And Keiko continues, "'So what do you think of the results, and what do you think of my taste for handsome men?' And she says, "'They all happen to be British. "'It's excellent, right?' By the way, my son's teacher, Mr. Reed, who helped me to do this survey, is a kind and handsome gentleman from the United States. There are handsome men around the world. All around the world. There are handsome men all around the world. I guess there are. As to the results, says Keiko, the biggest surprise for me was that many people guessed it was David Crystal. Yes. Weird. Imagine that. They listen to my voice and they see the the face of David Crystal. And if you don't know what David Crystal looks like, just imagine sort of like a sort of Father Christmas, <laughs> something like that. Father Christmas, but he's really good at linguistics, that sort of thing. And he's jolly as well. And, you know, generous. I think it sort of fits. I don't know. Anyway, Keiko was surprised that David Crystal was, was in there too, that many people get, thought it was him. And she says, it was very interesting and fun to plan, conduct and get the results of the survey. I could not have experienced this without the competition and the support by people who helped me do the survey. I would like to thank you and thank them for this opportunity. It would be my pleasure if you find my survey and the results interesting. If you have any questions, I would be so happy to answer. Um, And she says, thank you so much again for the fun and wonderful podcast. I always listen to your podcast as you are talking to me like my friend. I'm sure that a lot of listeners feel that way. By the way, I was the one who asked you the question about what you had for lunch when you did a YouTube live stream last year. Oh, that was a great question. It's always a good one. What did you have for lunch? And you get to talk about how you cooked the food. Hey, whoops, nearly dropped my microphone there in in all the excitement. Get to talk about how you cook your food and I ended up talking about how I cook rice. And Keiko said, yes, I I was so uh, happy to have my question read and answered so kindly about how you cooked the rice. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for that as well. The world is, is still in a strange situation because of the pandemic. Please do take care. I wish you and your family safety, health and joy. Thank you very much as always. Warmest regards, Keiko. Well, that was Keiko's email. I hope you found it interesting. Thank you so much, Keiko, for sharing the results of this fairly extensive survey. And it seems that 51% of people seem to be able to get it right. But there you go. Listeners, dear listeners, I wonder what you thought I looked like when you first listened to my podcast. The first time you heard my voice speaking on the podcast, what did you think I looked like? Were you surprised when you eventually discovered my actual face Um, or not. Tell me what you thought I looked like when you listened to this podcast for the first time. Let us know in the comments section. But for now, it's time to say goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Actually, it's not time to say goodbye, bye, bye yet. That's coming in a little bit. So anyway, there you go. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, I wonder what you thought I looked like when you first listened to this podcast. Let me know in the comments section. Uh, Thanks again to Keiko. Another thing before we finish. Again, I feel like Columbo, you know, now, you know, that detective. Oh, just uh, one more thing, you know. I feel a bit like Columbo here. One, other, one more thing before we finish. So reviews on, I guess it's, you can review this podcast on iTunes. You can review it on Google Play, is it? It's lovely if you can leave a nice review. If you enjoy this podcast, if you feel like you've learned things from it at all, or you've just enjoyed listening to it, then leave me a review on wherever you get your podcasts, because it helps. And sometimes I do sometimes check my Apple reviews. I think it's iTunes or Apple podcasts. Anyway, I check my reviews there sometimes just to have a look. And if you have left me a review on iTunes, I think the podcast has got like a four point. Is like 4.7, 4.8, 4.9 out of 5 rating, which is good. Uh, That's great. And if you have left me a review or a rating on iTunes, then thank you very much. It actually really helps. That does make a difference. It's not just, oh, it makes me feel good and confident about doing the podcast. But in terms of how the podcast performs, those reviews and ratings, they do make a difference because, again, it helps the algorithms. This podcast is more likely to make it to those promoted lists if it has plenty of good ratings and reviews, or, you know, it's it's likely to be promoted or categorized on iTunes or wherever the, you get your podcasts. Most of the time, the reviews, my reviews uh, for my podcast are fine. And it's, you know, cool to read that stuff. But occasionally, I get a negative one. And it's always it's always like, like a dagger in my side. Yeah, twist the knife for some reason, because, you know, we're human beings. I'm sure it's the same for you if you ever get feedback in any way, that the sort of positive feedback is all kind of like, yep, yeah, okay, okay, great, 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 good. And then the negative feedback is the kind of, Pah! the bit that kind of gets you for some reason. So every now and then I do get a negative review. And I got one, I noticed one the other day, and I, at this time I felt compelled to share this one-star review that i saw the other day so this is a one-star review for luke's english podcast are you ready for this listeners okay so here is the one-star review and the the title of the review is this do not sing a song okay do not sing a song in full caps lock do not sing a song with one two. 345 exclamation marks after it. Now this if this is you, if you you're the person listening to this, if you wrote this, then well, you know, I'm going to respond to what you wrote, but anyway, do not sing a song. And it's the, the review says, "I like the podcast." Okay. <laughs> that's a that's a good start. <laughs> "I like the podcast, but he often sings a song." Even though he is not good at singing a song. Whenever he starts singing, I stop hearing. And the name, I've blanked out the name via Apple Podcast in Great Britain. So apparently this person is in Britain, but I don't know if this is a British person. I like the podcast. Okay, good. You like the podcast. Fine. But he often sings a song even though he's not good at singing a song. Whenever he starts singing, I stop hearing. Whenever he starts singing, I stop hearing. So my, my voice is powerful because it, it completely removes this person's ability to hear. Whenever he starts singing, I stop hearing. So just super singing power. I can completely cancel his hearing or her hearing abilities. I think the person means whenever he starts singing, I stop listening. Yes, yes. So first of all, if this is you, hello, sorry, you don't like my singing, even though you do like my podcast. So can I just walk through the logic of what you've done there, though? Can I just walk through some of the logic of, of what you've written? So first of all, you like the podcast, and you must listen to the episodes all the way to the end, pretty much. And everything's great because you like the podcast, if you like it, right? So then at the very end of the episode, sometimes I say to you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sing a song now okay, I'm going to sing a song now, but if you don't like the bits where I sing, you can always stop listening now and you won't miss anything because this is the end of the episode. There's nothing else after this except a song. That's what I normally say. So I get right to the end of the episode. Oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. And then I say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sing a song now, but you don't have to listen to it because this is, we're basically done. But apparently this was, this was too much for this commenter who, despite enjoying, what, 95% of the content and having, let's say, fair warning that singing is about to happen, despite those things, this commenter continued to listen in some kind of masochistic bid to get to the very end of the episode, like, ah, ah, just dragging themselves to the end of the episode, must reach the end, ah, music, destroying my hearing skills. So, yes, in some masochistic bid to get to the very end of the episode. And then they chose to write this one-star review, despite liking all the rest of it, like 95% of it. And then, then just one thing, ah, pew, one star. So the thing is with reviews sometimes that I think that... And I've been reviewed many times, obviously, for this podcast, but I've been reviewed also as a comedian as well. I've been reviewed several times by, like, websites, like popular websites that review comedians. And I've been reviewed as a teacher so many times by uh, the students themselves and by my trainers and my managers, constantly being reviewed all the damn time. But the thing is with reviews sometimes is that a review often tells you more about the person writing the review than it does about the thing being reviewed. But really, though, I am sorry that you don't like my singing. And, of course, I know that it's not everyone's cup of tea. Of course, I'm well aware of that. But I usually do it at the end of episodes. I tell you I'm going to do it. So you can just skip the songs and you're not missing anything else in the episode. I think a one-star review for this is a little bit hysterical. Like, "Ah, one star. Especially if you actually like the podcast. Uh, But I shared this review on Twitter with the name removed. But I shared it on Twitter and people wrote back that they they actually liked my singing and it helped them identify the lyrics and also introduced them to new songs that they hadn't heard before, which is nice. So naturally, I am not going to stop singing at the ends of uh, episodes sometimes because it makes me happy and a portion of my audience enjoy it. And that's just the risk I'm willing to take. In my defence, listeners, I am recording my voice without any effects whatsoever. So, literally, I'm just here in front of the microphone, guitar, and I just sing without any effects at all. Now, these days, especially these days, singers will drown their voice in in various effects, like reverb in particular. Now, reverb uh, is an effect which makes you sound like you're singing in a big hall or something like that and it's sort of like your voice reverberates, and it kind of covers up any flaws in your singing with big atmospheric reverb. Or they will use delay effects, which give the voice a bit of an echo, which again sounds like you're in some kind of, you're on some old rock and roll record or something like that. Or, you know, those karaoke effects when you go to karaoke, sometimes, yes, and we do, we pronounce it karaoke in English when you go to karaoke and you get you get a really, really good karaoke machine and it swamps your voice in reverb and bits of delay and stuff, and it can make you sound amazing. You go, wow, I'm such a great singer. And, you know, that's fairly cheap stuff, but the, the big artists are using lots of reverb and effect and things. And they also even use auto-tune to fix sharp or flat notes. So basically the voice just gets completely automatically tuned. I'm not, obviously, I'm not using any of that. I'm just using the same microphone setup that I use for recording my talking. So the sound is dry, meaning that there's zero reverb. I mean, really, if I clap my hands, there's almost no reverb. I mean, there's some in this room, but you're always trying to remove reverb. So there's no reverb in here at all, just totally dry. And the mic is is close to my mouth when when I'm talking. So you hear every detail and every little error. Hopefully, you're also able to hear the lyrics a bit better than on the original songs in some cases. I always try to make an effort to make the lyrics like audible, and you can always find the lyrics linked on the episode page if you'd like to read them too. But I would like to now sing a song at the end of this episode, not only because I want to flip the Vs at this reviewer and remind them that they can just tap that stop button whenever whenever I start singing, because the episode is done, and why torture yourself? Anyway, as a tribute to you, I am now going to sing a song. And this is your singing warning. Actually, I think the lesson I can learn from this is this. Basically, don't read online reviews of your work. Ultimately, I get the best results from this when I just sort of follow my heart and do what I want to do. That's always what this has been about. In fact, I just do it my way. And if some people don't like it, fine. They can just jog on. Okay, so I would like to sing now. Have I given you enough warning, for goodness sake? So <laughs> It was nice of you to join us, okay? Then that's the end of the episode. Literally all there is after this is just some singing that you don't need to hear, and then the jingle. So you can just move on to something else now, if you like. Okay? Right. Great. Great then. Okay, see you. Bye. Have a good one. Well, you're still here you're still here. Okay, you just hang it, hang around then. I don't know why you do this to yourself, I really don't know. Anyway, if you keep listening now and you don't like it, well, you've only got yourself to blame, haven't you? So, the song I'd like to do is, it's called The Urban Spaceman by the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band, who were a sort of ridiculous Dada pop group from the 1960s. And you're probably thinking, what's the Beatles connection? Okay... They were in a Beatles film. It was called Magical Mystery Tour. They turn up as a band playing their song Death Cab for Cutie in the film. And also, so this is, yes, this is another song written by Neil Innes, who you probably know by now is like one of my favourite songwriters, but maybe someone that not that many people know. Anyway, this is probably his biggest hit reaching number five in the uk charts in 1968 fun fact this song was produced by none other than paul mccartney under the pseudonym apollo c vermouth so on the back of the record it says produced by apollo c vermouth but actually that was paul paul mccartney again you know you'll find the lyrics you'll find the lyrics linked on the page for the episode if you don't like my singing here's a little heads up for you best tap that stop button don't forget to like and subscribe though. Just before you do it, right? Everyone else, you're all on board then. Cool, nice. Let's do the song. What's this song about? What do you reckon? What do you think? You'll find the song lyrics linked on the page for the episode. I'm just going to pause the podcast and make sure this guitar is fully tuned. I'm going to chew. I'm going to chew some nup. I need to tune up. I'm going to take some nup and I'm I'm, I'm going to chew it because I need to tune up. Huh? I need to tune up. I need to tune up. Anyway, right, I'll do that, and then we'll get started. Okay, I'm in tune. Can I do this? Is it possible for me to do this without... Yeah, okay, so there is a moment when I'm going to have to scroll the scroll the page down here on my computer, uh, which means I'm going to have to lift my hand off at one point in the song. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to try it anyway. Professional conditions here at Luke's English Podcast. Okay. So I need to do it. Up. I need to do it up here. Yeah. Right? Can you hear the guitar? Can you hear the guitar and the voice? Can we see if we can get back? a lot of okay. I'm the Urban Spaceman Baby I got speed I've got everything I need I'm the Urban Spaceman Baby I can fly I'm a supersonic guy I don't need pleasure I don't feel pain If you were to knock me down I'd just get up again I'm the urban spaceman, babe, and I'm making out. I'm all about I wake up every morning with a smile upon my face. My natural exuberance spills out all over the place. Scrolling, 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 scrolling I'm the urban spaceman, I'm intelligent and clean Know what I mean I'm the urban spaceman as a lover, second to none It's a lot of fun I never let my friends down, I've never made a boob I'm a glossy magazine, an advert in the tube. I'm the urban spaceman, babe, but here comes the twist I don't exist. There you go, listeners. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. That is the end of the episode, and I will speak to you soon. Uh, But for now, it's time to say goodbye, bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.